Hey, this episode of the Adventist Millennial Podcast is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. What's the and more? Well, you'll have to go to their website to find out. Thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Um, so, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest, a special VIP secret guest. Just kidding, it's not a secret. Um, can you tell us your name? My name is Sarah. Okay, and we today we're going to talk about health and Adventism and more specifically like Adventists' attitudes about health. So I'm sure most of you guys have an idea of what I mean when I say Adventist attitudes about health because we've all heard the attitudes. Okay, so Sarah, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background just so we know, like, why you're a good person to talk to about health? Well, I think I might be a good person to talk to about health because I'm a registered dietitian and I graduated from Loma Linda University with my master's degree in public health. And my mother is a dietitian, so I have quite a bit of background. And I'm Adventist. (laughs) (laughs) So you know exactly what Adventists do, the weird stuff that they do, and you also have been educated by the weird Adventists, so... (laughs) So to speak, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, um, I don't know. I guess, first, first off, I'll just ask you, like, as a professional, health professional, a dietitian... Do you think Adventists in general are more or less educated about health than just an average person? Because, you know, we're supposed to have the health message. Well, I grew up in the Adventist church, and I was homeschooled, so I was a little bit sheltered. And then my mom was a dietitian, so I feel like I did grow up knowing a lot more about health. And um, then when I um, ended up going out into the world, so to speak, um, I did find out that people knew very little about health um, and nutrition, what I thought were the basics. Um, I feel like in general, Adventists do have a better grasp about like health and what is healthy um, than the average American public. So, so what would you say is something that you would have considered basic that you were surprised that people don't really necessarily know? Um... They just don't know how to, like, cook and prepare food or cook and prepare vegetables or healthy food. Mm-hmm. They think if there's a vegetable, it has to be a salad or it has to be, like, steamed broccoli. Adventists are big on making <laughs> casseroles and soups and... Fruits, nuts, and grains. <laughs> yeah, like, we're, we um, know how to incorporate um, a lot of healthy foods into our diet, Um and even if Adventists aren't vegetarian, usually they do know how to cook vegetarian. They, knew how, they know how to cook plant-based, even if they don't necessarily live that lifestyle. They're at least familiar with it and know what you're talking about. Yeah, because of, like, Daniel, um, is that Daniel 1? Yeah. Or, yeah, Daniel 1, where <laughs> they ate the vegetables and they were stronger and exactly, healthier. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess this next question maybe is partially answered by the first question if Adventists kind of have a better like base level understanding 
do you think that that <laughs> makes them complacent about their knowledge about health? Like, do you think, have you found that Adventists have an attitude of like, well, I know the health message, so, you know, I don't need to know anything else. I don't need to know about like macros or anything really, stuff like that. Well, I definitely think there's a lot of, um, it's not just in the Adventist church, but um, there's a lot of um, self-proclaimed nutritionists <laughs> in the Adventist church, for sure. Um, you do find them outside of the Adventist church as well. Um, I think sometimes it's hard for Adventists to accept um, either new research or information that is maybe different than what is traditionally taught by the Adventist church or taught by Ellen White or something like that. Um yeah, there's just a lot of people that um, have a lot of, um, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but <laughs> there are definitely some people that have their own perspective on health that isn't necessarily based on, like, new and up-and-coming research, um, and sometimes not really on any scientific base at all. Yeah, well, but if it's in the Bible, then you don't need science, right? <laughs> Actually, being vegetarian really isn't in the Bible. Daniel won! <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, it's just, and, you know, obviously the Eden diet that some people um, talk about. Yeah. Um, for example, Jesus wasn't vegetarian, so <laughs> there's that. Yeah. Okay, so um, speaking of Adventists and our attitudes, what are some of the things that, kind of the tropes of, of Adventists that make you, like, oh, good grief? Because, like, for example, for me, people get really militant about veganism. Some people, not everyone. Uh, things like that or like uh, the principle of like it has to be what they think is healthy whether or not it's actually like veggie meat or whatever just because it's veggie meat. yeah <laughs> like things like that is there anything that just irks you about? yeah well there's some things um definitely that I've found in Adventist schools that I think are a bit overdone like um I believe Ellen, I've never really read it, but people will say, Ellen White will say things like, you can't eat cinnamon or mustard, yeah. things like that. And so then it's not offered um, in our cafeterias. Um, you know, I went to Southern and I don't think they offered mustard. And interesting things like, um, even when I did a cooking school at Loma Linda, they didn't let us use like cinnamon. And there's no um, scientific basis for that. Um, so there's that, and then there's people that, that are, um, it's kind of like um, some of the ethical vegetarians and vegans, that some Adventists avoid meat or meat and dairy um, and, egg, and eggs um, to be more spiritual or because they <laughs> feel like um, it automatically makes them more spiritual. There's a quote in Ellen White somewhere that says, at the end of time, people of God are going to stop eating meat. Again, I've never read it. I've just heard it thrown around a lot. And so a lot of people think that their lack of eating meat shows that they are mm. more ready for translation than others. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean that their lifestyle is focused on health. Some of the same when you find ethical vegans, ethical vegetarians, health isn't necessarily their focus. So you'll find them eating a lot of processed vegan and vegetarian foods including veggie meats and stuff that aren't necessarily all that healthy, but you know, it's following the rules. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the main thing, too, like, just as a general sort of attitude is, like, just do it because it's a rule, not because, like, that's actually the best possible choice. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay, so at, f from your job working with people and sort of educating people on nutrition, do you have any stories of, like, 
crazy things that people think or crazy situation not even it doesn't even have to have have to do with Adventists but just like general things that Americans <laughs> understand or don't understand about health or that we think about health probably a lot <laughs> I think the hardest um question for me to answer or the hardest way I, uh, to counsel people is um, when people have cancer because a lot of people have a lot of different ideas as to what diet will cure them from their cancer. Um, there really isn't a lot of research that says this is the one magical diet that will cure you from cancer. It just doesn't exist out there. And there's all kinds of testimonies where people will say, I was a raw vegan and my cancer went away and then someone else will say I ate only meat and my cancer went away and you know there's everything in between and it's really hard to I mean there's like general guidelines like yeah you know you probably shouldn't be eating processed food or sugar or junk but a lot of the information and research out there is more preventative when it comes to things like cancer um, rather than it is curing um, yeah so, so. speaking of sort of like outlandish fixes um Aaron and I were talking about this whole uh beef only diet that Jordan and Michaela Peterson have been talking about a lot <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that because I know I mean everyone thinks they know something about health and most people don't actually know that much and so just seeing people talking about it on the internet and people that I know who have have heard him talk about it are they're all like that's crazy like especially Adventists because not only do we not eat meat we would never dream of only eating meat <laughs> so do you have any thoughts on that well I don't really follow Jordan Peterson so I don't want to go into too much detail about what he's doing I did I obviously heard Aaron talking about it and I listened to like a, a video or two about Michaela and kind of um, her health past and um, the diet that she's currently following. Um, so the thing is, nutrition is a constantly um, evolving science, so we're always finding new things. Um, there really isn't any scientific proof that an all-meat diet is sustainable or will contribute to longevity for sure. Um, it's Plus you'll go to hell. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, with any type of extreme or elimination diet, you run the risk of not getting in the proper nutrients um, for health, regardless of whether that is a raw vegan diet or a all beef diet. Um, there is a certain diet out there called a carnivore diet, which is all meat based. However, the Jordan Peterson diet, if I understand correctly, is basically beef only, which is even more extreme than a carnivore diet because carnivore diet does include fish, poultry, meets wild game and um, the Peterson seems to focus mostly on beef so even in the concept of a restrictive diet a diet as restrictive as a carnivore diet an all beef diet is even more restrictive than that so it's just hard when you have restrictive diet to get on all the proper nutrients so basically so, yeah. what you're saying is be a goat and just eat everything <laughs> <laughs> Well, considering I've seen many pictures of goats eating tin cans, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with no on that one. <laughs> okay. Um, so then, you know, obviously there's a there's some kind of balance between literally eating anything or whatever and then being so restrictive that you just eat 
nuts or you know whatever yeah, or peaches or beef yeah exactly right so what do you think like on the spectrum of veganism to vegetarianism to like the all beef like what do you have thoughts on like is are any of them like don't do it or are any of them the best what do you think well i guess it depends on what you're talking about um i tend to look at health as um or what diets contribute to the best health in a more holistic point of view, as in what diet is um, not only sustainable, but also contributes to longevity and reduces the risk of a lot of health-related diseases like heart disease or cancer or diabetes. And um, for some diets, we don't really have a lot of information on because some of them are relatively new. We have research on people that have lived on like a Mediterranean type diet or a lot of plant-based diets. Um, when you look at studies that are retrospective and look at like longevity, I think the Blue Zones was one of a study that's pretty famous in Loma Linda. A lot of people that follow that diet weren't necessarily vegetarian, but they did have plant-based diets. Um, a lot of... Wait, can you define what plant-based means? Yeah, plant-based isn't a, that doesn't necessarily mean 100% vegan or vegetarian. It just means that most of your diet and your food is coming from plants, meaning like vegetables, fruit, nuts, grains, seeds, things like that. But um, not exclusive. Not exclusively. Okay. Um, there's probably a few definitions out there, but typically plant-based doesn't necessarily mean 100% vegan or 100% vegetarian. Like you could have a pescatarian diet, which includes fish that is plant-based. Okay. Um, so when it comes to like longevity or overall health and avoidance of disease, usually plant-based diets um, have shown to be better at that than the standard Western American diet. Um, we don't really have a lot of research on things like carnivore diets and things like keto diets and paleo diets are kind of a new fad that's going around, so it's kind of hard to look at the longevity as far as how long people will live with that or how, how a child will be growing up on that diet kind of thing. Um, so then would you advise against something like keto? Not necessarily. It really depends on the person. Um, my thing I always say is there's no one magical diet for every single person that lives on the face of the earth because everyone what? has different <laughs> disease processes and different needs. And, um, you know, like kids with cerebral palsy, um, we do a medical keto diet a lot and helps with um, a cerebral palsy. Sorry, I said the totally wrong thing. Did I say that? Seizures. <laughs> Kids with seizures. Um, epilepsy. We use the keto diet uh, in a clinical environment to help manage their seizures. And then make them smoke weed. No, we don't oh. make them smoke weed. <laughs> but isn't that for epilepsy? <laughs> uh, some parents do choose to give their kid um, uh, cannabis oil or whatever yeah. it's called. And then, of course, um, different people have experimented with different diets on their own and like a a lay setting or a pop culture setting and that's the thing you know someone will have a testimony saying that this particular diet worked wonders for them and someone else will say I didn't work for them um, so that's just the constant balance I think trying to figure out um, diet and nutrition because obviously there's always research you know like I said tends to be a more plant-based diet that works for most people and then you know there are people that say it didn't work for them yeah um, so I've heard a lot of times um, Ellen White cited about, you know, like you said, don't eat hot spicy foods, don't eat a lot of spices, don't eat mustard, um, 
don't eat after 6 p.m. I remember reading something. I can't remember where it was. Um, maybe, like, I forget which book it was. But she was saying, like, it's good for you to just eat two meals a day um, and to fast one day per week. Uh, and I know a lot of Adventists subscribe to, like, don't eat in the evening time and just eat two meals. Is that, is there any validity to that? Again, it wouldn't be something that would be recommended for everybody. For example, I know I have heard of people who will put children on like a two meal a day plan. And it's usually not adequate for children. Children usually need to eat more frequently because they're growing. Also, pregnant that might not work for pregnant women or breastfeeding women. Um, for average adult, that might work well for them. There's also something called intermittent fasting that is kind of the same idea as eating two meals a day similar to what you know Ellen White recommended um and that's kind of a growing in popularity yeah. um right now and but it's not always indicated for every person and so for me personally I just when I see people you know feeding their kids a very sh- strict diet and or a very diet is very eliminating that's usually when I start to get more concerned because children are growing and developing and they really do need the proper nutrients um for all that to, you know, for them to grow and develop properly. As an adult, I feel like you have a little more freedom to experiment yourself and figure out what works for you and provides the best health for you. Yeah, like, I've tried intermittent fasting myself, and it's like, after I've been doing it for like a week, I just don't get hungry until the time that I would eat, and it doesn't feel that much different other than having a smaller window makes me eat less food. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like there's that much difference. Yeah, a lot of people, um, actually, um, some of the people at work, they are doing, ex- they did experiment this week where they tried intermittent fasting. Some people didn't like it at all, and other people were like, eh, it's not so bad. Intermittent fasting is usually like 16 hours not eating and then 8 hours eating. I feel like I traditionally throughout my life have fasted for either 12 to 14 hours without really feeling hungry or like really yeah. needing to eat. But I don't think I've ever gone 16 hours without yeah. eating and felt okay about it. The way that I tried it, I would eat between, like, noon and 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And so I would skip breakfast, which, that's another thing. Oh, don't skip <laughs> breakfast. Um, but after I was, at the first several days, I was, like, really hungry. But then after, like, a week, I didn't even get hungry until, yeah. like, noon. Which, I don't know. People will be like... You have to eat breakfast. Breakfast is the most important meal. Another thing, uh, this isn't on the list, but maybe you can talk about it. Dum dum dum, caffeine. <laughs> we Adventists do not like caffeine. It's even like part of when you get baptized, you're supposed to say you're not gonna drink caffeine. <laughs> I don't know if that's so true, true anymore. But is caffeine like? The scary boogie mo- It's basically a gateway drug to admit. <laughs> the minute you drink caffeine, you know, the next thing you know, you're shooting up heroin. <laughs> so I think caffeine is kind of controversial even outside of Adventism when it comes to health because I've read a lot of articles where people are either saying, no, no, caffeine is, is fine, it's fine, or other people saying, no, it's bad. I think the trick about caffeine is that we do know that it's addictive. And I think that's kind of where a lot of the controversy comes from. Um, so when you ever, 
although sugar is also addictive and no one says much about that but anyway (laughs) (laughs) caffeine is addictive and so I think that um, that's kind of where people kind of get some weird feelings about it it also can have some negative health uh, issues with it being a diuretic and um, different things like that Um, but there's also studies that show like small doses of caffeine are good for like I don't know, exercising, different things like that. Would you say that um, you you have to, other than, you know, the basic sort of health principles knowledge that most Adventists have, would you say that it's fine to um, sort of base your lifestyle off how it makes you feel? Or do you have to get, like, really scientific and, like, track things and break things down? And if you feel fine drinking caffeine and you feel fine eating dairy and meat you know is that a good barometer <laughs> or like well i'm sure some people will say they eat, feel fine eating twinkies so <laughs> <laughs> i think being in tune with your body is really important i think um you know doing research when i say research i mean real research i don't mean like youtube <laughs> videos and instagram <laughs> stuff you know people just you know saying like oh i did this or that i basically have a phd if that's real <laughs> exactly like actually seeing what um scientific research is actually putting out um looking at um habits of cultures um where um how should i say it where people have had longevity for a long time um kind of gives you an idea of what diets, you know, do contribute to that. So in the case of the Blue Zone study, of course, Adventists like to tout that Loma Melinda is the only Blue Zone in, like, the Western world, so to speak. And a lot of it has to do with the plant-based diet. But um, if you also look at that study, you also realize that there's a lot more to longevity and health than just what you eat. It also has to do with stress level, things like community, feeling belonging, sense of purpose. I think the best thing someone can do is make sure they do reliable research um just because you hear something from one person don't think it's going to be the miracle worker and changer for you if you are doing something like a if you choose to do a fasting diet or just reduce your life to two meals you're eating to two meals a day if you don't feel good take that as maybe this isn't the right thing for you um if you're doing any extreme diets including being vegan you should make sure that you do get your blood work um, sometimes vegans have a hard time getting in things like calcium and iron and things like that. Um, especially if you have children or adolescents that are following these diets, just make sure you get blood work done. I'd say at least once a year just to make sure everything's okay. Even if you're eating, um, a well-balanced diet that has meat and dairy, you still might want to get your lipids checked, triglycerides, um, cholesterol, things like that. There's also genetics to keep in mind. Some people's genetics mean that they have to be more careful what they eat than someone else. You know, someone might be like, oh, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Eat you know, meat and eggs and all these things. Well, but if for you, if that's giving you problems with your lipids, your triglycerides, your your um, cholesterol, then maybe that's not something you should do. Um, how do you keep people from getting extreme? You can't keep people from getting extreme. People love to be extreme. Yeah. People like structure. People like rules, even though people will deny it. <laughs> they really like those things. Yeah. And in Adventism, I think... You struggle not only with the health portion of it, but you struggle with the spirituality part of it. Because um, it's not connected, but kind of it's connected. <laughs> people, people are like, no, eating meat is not a salvation issue. But, but it kind of is. is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, people are just going to go extreme. I think if 
I think certain personalities have a tendency to go extreme as well. Yeah, I think just giving yourself permission to enjoy life. I think some people can be so strict with their diet that they don't enjoy their life and become stressed out about their life and become, yeah, just obsessed with it in a way that's really unhealthy. And that doesn't contribute to health either. Chill a little bit, relax a little bit, <laughs> enjoy, live your You're life. Talking to Adventists, not <laughs> Eat some ice cream every now and then. <laughs> that's like saying... Just eat a little pork now and then. <laughs> Just do a little sins now and then. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you for um, chatting with me about health. Sure. If you guys have any questions that we didn't talk about, feel free to send them along. I can't guarantee anyone will answer them, but you could send them. <laughs> um, if you have any comments about your experiences with health within Adventism or people's attitudes or I'm sure all of us have plenty of crazy stories about things that you know the old Adventist lady at church told you about what Ellen White said about health <laughs> um send those to me you can email me at adventistmillennial at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at um what is my Instagram at SDA Millennial or find me on Facebook. Okay, cool. Thank you for coming. Any last words? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> cool.